0: financial literacy, and the human condition. Welcome to Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayem.
1: Welcome to Financial Fitness. I'm Jess Tyler, along with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayem. How was your week? Interesting.
2: <laughs> Why? It was very interesting and sad and happy and a number of things, a number of emotions that I could go through, but... It has certainly spurred me to do a show about this. In fact, just less than half an hour ago, I was on the phone with this gentleman again. Okay. What happened? What has happened is a friend of mine who used to live locally here in our town and who I was quite close with. In fact, his wife was my assistant for many years. Mm -hmm. He moved away and had a problem with his phone, lost his contact, didn't have my phone number anymore, or he would have called me, I'm sure. And I just want to preface this by saying, this is a smart, trusting, nice person. Okay. And I got a message from him a couple of days ago that said, I thought you were my friend.
1: Oh, no. And were you, Were knew, you thinking like, what did I do? No, I was thinking scam. Oh, okay. But you knew right away that it wasn't him. Who would send me a message that said, I thought you were my friend? Oh, see, I automatically go to, what did I do? What did I do? No,
2: no, no, I'm a good friend, I think, or at least I try. But no, I thought you were my friend, and I've been scammed four thousand dollars, and I would like a refund. Oh, so immediately I think this is somebody scamming me. Okay, right? So I write back very carefully. You know, first I ignored it, then I kept getting more messages. Finally, I write back very carefully, and I say, "If you are who you say you are, call me." Mm-hmm. And I get a bunch of things like, well, I've had a glitch in my phone. I've lost my contact. Mm-hmm. All the things that led me to believe it was a scammer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where uh, really creepy was when they started to try to prove that they were they were the guy. Oh, were
1: they and giving they, you like information, like personal information? Yes,
2: And oh. they said things like I used to live in Turner's Falls. I moved to you know the state and then I moved over here and my neighbor was so and so. And I thought this is interesting, they didn't say their wife was my assistant, which would be an obvious link. Right. But it was enough information that I said, and again, this must have been 15 messages back and forth, and it was enough information that I thought, okay, I'm going to end this. Here's my phone number. I gave them my phone number, which I always recommend nobody does, Mm -hmm. but at this point, I really thought this guy might be the real guy. I was busy. I didn't have time to research the story of all of us, right? So I gave him my phone number and he doesn't call. So instead I get more texts, you know, that say, I know this is going on for a while, but this problem is real. So I get more texts that say, oh, I can't call you for this reason or that reason. I'm at the eye doctor's. I'm here. I'm there. So I send a thing. I, you know, give me your phone number, which I'd asked for several times. I've tried to call his phone numbers several times. I always get voicemail, no name, just you reach this number voicemail.
1: Now, was this his actual legitimate number, or you no longer had his number because he'd been gone a while? So I had what
2: was his legitimate number when he first moved away. And okay. I was trying getting voicemail, but it wasn't telling me whose voicemail it was. But it was still a working number. Mm-hmm. So I texted back to him, I'm calling you and leaving voicemail but you're not calling me back. And he said, oh, that's my old number. My new number is. Now, again, I'm still smelling a rat, right? Mm-hmm. My new number is this number. So I call that number and I get voicemail. So finally I say to him, this is my final message. I'm not going to continue this text. I'm going to call you in exactly three minutes. If you do not pick up the phone in three minutes, mm-hmm. I am done talking to you. And I will contact the real, his first name is Edward. I don't think he'd mind me using that. I will contact the real Edward and tell him his account has been hacked. Now, don't I think I'm clever, Jeff? I'm I'm like, my antennae are so sharp at this point that I'm thinking right from the beginning, scam, scam, how am I going to catch these people? Or how am I going to get rid of them? Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So time ticks on a little bit. I don't have time to research the number. He doesn't call. This morning, I tasked one of our people to go and figure out if this is really this guy's number. And they come back and they say, yeah, I think it is. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, this guy is calling me on the phone. So now he's left me a message. I can hear his voice. Now I know it really is this guy. Oh, wait, so it was
1: him all along? Yeah. Okay.
2: Talk about an emotional roller coaster. It really was this guy. But I'm so inured to, you know, okay, maybe this is a scam. I, you know, throw it out. But this time I'm trying to engage this person and, figure out if there's a chance that it's really him because he's telling me he has been scammed for $4,000.
1: Okay. And so he was really the one that sent that first message that said, I thought you were a friend?
2: Yes. Wow. So here I am thinking I'm getting scammed for $4,000, right? I'm thinking somebody wants me, oh, I forgot to mention, he said he wanted a refund. Mm, from you? Yeah, from me. Okay. I, I scammed him for $4,000. And so I wrote back, I said, you know, I didn't, I, don't, I have no idea who you're talking about. He said it was a woman named Mrs. Brown that I recommended. A, I never recommended any Mrs. Brown, mm-hmm. and B, this was a $4,000 investment. Doesn't sound like something I would have said to him. Hey, if you've only got 4000 go give it to Mrs. Brown. Right. It doesn't, it doesn't <laughs> sound like me, right? So, you know, I, I have said I'd be happy to talk with you if you want to call me. I'll do everything I can to help but I can't refund this money because it isn't me. Right. Like, I didn't do this. And, and, you know, and so he was very kind. So I got off the phone with him this morning. I finally talked to him and he starts to tell me the whole story. And I will tell people what I told him to do to start locking things down and protect himself and what not to do, what to be afraid of. Okay. And what out for. But I said, Edward, didn't you think it was strange? I mean, what I have ever said to you, you know, to get some money to invest. Here's how to do it uh, in the way that that I'm about to tell you that he did.
1: And I'm assuming and, too that whatever advice he's, you know, claims that he came that came from you, but that was from a scammer, must have been over phone or email because he would have recognized right. your voice, right? That's absolutely right. It
2: was, but well, no, it wasn't somebody saying they were me. It was someone saying they were affiliated with me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I said, "Didn't this seem strange to you?" And he said, "Oh, yes, it did." But every time I would ask to speak with you, they would say, okay, that's no problem. Yeah, oh, oh, she just left the building. Oh, no, she went out to lunch. Oh, I'll get her to call
1: you back. Oh, I'm dying to hear how this happened. This sounds really interesting.
2: Yeah. So they were really clever. They really roped this guy in. Now, they didn't just say, give me $4,000 because he wouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. right? They said, $50. Can you afford $50 more? At first, it was just $200, he said, Mm -hmm. but over the course of a month, it has added up to be $4,000. Wow. Now, we have talked about this scam before, a long time ago, and I haven't heard much in the news about it lately, but I'm telling you what, when someone uses my name to scam other people, I am definitely coming to the air with that. Yeah, for sure. So let me just say, if, if I it doesn't really need to be said, but let me just say, if anyone ever calls you... And says they're affiliated with Francis Rayum. Mm-hmm. You call Francis Rayham and find out. <laughs> and you okay? promise you're not a, left the building
1: every single time they call.
2: Oh my gosh. And I will tell you you know, this poor guy doesn't have a computer, only has a phone, mm-hmm. gave up all that stuff when he moved. His wife used to do all of that. She's passed away. So he's living the simple life with a phone, and somebody's calling him. And, you know, they're saying uh, they're in Boston, Mass. They gave him an address. They gave him a
1: phone number. They gave him a name. So he did the initial, like, ask some questions that would be pertinent. It wasn't like he just. He did. Yeah. He did. And but you
2: know what? I mean, I'm an open book. If you want to know stuff about me, it's on the Internet. Right. Mm -hmm. So all they have. Is always I, I'm affiliated with Francis Ray. and oh I'm in the Boston office or whatever they told him.
1: So how did it start though? He just got a random phone call from a number in yeah. Boston. Yeah, he,
2: well I don't know
1: what number he got
2: it from because she gave him a number, but I think the the number was blocked on the phone. Okay. So The number she gave him was probably bogus. Uh, clearly this was a bogus address. He said I'm going to come down there and she said come right ahead. Well, why wouldn't she? She's not there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, so I, he got a phone call, somebody claiming to be affiliated with me, mm-hmm. and suggested that I, I had suggested that, you know, they call him to talk to him about an investment and could he, he would just put in a little bit of money, but he would get a good amount of money back. Okay. It was believable. If you have $200 to invest, you know, you'll invest it and you'll get back whatever. I, I don't know the details yet, but about that 250 or something. Something that was
1: believable enough to rope him in. Like a quick return on his money, and it was a small amount that would be the initial deposit.
2: Yeah, I would. I suspect that's true. But my my guess is they change their game for whatever the person says they want. Mm-hmm. You know, you want, you want a low return, but it's better than a CD? They would offer that. You want high returns that is instant? They would offer that. They'll tell you anything. Just to get to your money. And get your money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And once they got him once, Jeff, they got him to go do $50. $50 was how this started. Okay. And he thought, well, Francis is my friend, and if somebody from her office is calling me and they want me to put in $50, bucks. i will do that. So,
1: so he did it after the first phone call he, he deposited money. Yeah, I think so.
2: So, well, I, I can tell you how it happened in a moment, but absolutely. So he got one phone call about $50, and he said, okay. Now, once he had done one call, one deposit, one contribution, we'll call it,
3: mm-hmm.
2: uh then they knew they had him, and they just kept calling him, you know you're doing great, can you go do another two hundred? You know, oh, so your account is growing, you know you're doing really well. How about another three hundred this time, right?
1: And he just kept doing it,
2: yeah, he kept doing it now, wait, the worst, worst, worst part of this is that despite the things I recommended that he do, which he's doing right now, mm-hmm. uh, I doubt greatly that we will ever be able to recover this money for him.
1: Oh, and then you said it's about 4000 Yeah, uh. and first it isn't
2: through us, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't have anything to do with this other than get a message from him one day saying, I thought you were my friend and you scammed me for $4,000. You know, And he didn't say you scammed me for 4000 He said, uh, I've lost 4000 to this Mrs. Brown you recommended.
1: You you must have just been shocked. I was. I was
2: absolutely shell-shocked. I'm calling my sister. I'm calling my boyfriend. I'm calling, you know, my assistants. Have you guys heard anything about this? <laughs> anybody? Have you gotten any messages? Has anybody called you and said they were affiliated with me? Right. So what made this really work, and this is where I think the Internet gets to be really dangerous, If you were to find this guy, you would see that he used to live in Turner's Falls. Mm -hmm. He moved to California and then he moved back to Michigan. Now, that's far enough away for you to see Oh, he lives
1: in Michigan. Oh, I'm in Boston, Mass. Right.
2: They they say you're not coming. But
1: how did they connect you with him? Did they somehow get to his wife, to her places of employment? Or how did your name even come up? I wonder.
2: You know, I don't know the answer to that, but it would be an easy thing to think, you know, maybe we were friends on a Facebook page Mm -hmm. or or they heard something on the radio. They might be in Turner's Falls for all I know. We have no idea where these people really are. Yeah, that's true. But somebody heard a name on the radio or saw it on the Internet and said, oh, money manager, we'll just, I mean, this is probably a new scam. You know, three weeks from now, I'll probably be back talking about, hey, money managers are, you know, having this problem yeah, it's really, it's really
1: unnerving when it's your name being thrown away, thrown around, though. It
2: It is. In fact, I intend to tell the, the
1: brokers that I
2: work with closely, you know, watch out for this. So we've talked about these scams many times, but this is the closest to home it's ever come for me. This is a close friend and, well, was a close friend, just moved away and lost my number. But, you know, a really nice guy that I would have helped and would have helped me no matter what. And my name. And they used it to rip this guy off
1: alright well I want to hear more about this and then also the tips that you gave him moving forward and we will do that in the second half can I get your phone number <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> they're giving it out anyway
2: yeah good. So the office phone number is 413-773-3333 or visit
1: HugYourMoney.com. Much more coming up in the second half of Financial Fitness with The Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Ram right here on WHMP.
3: Have you heard about Get the Tea? It's an online herbal supplement company with high quality standards. You cannot find these in stores. They carry cleansing teas and targeted herbal supplements for all your health needs. Go to GetTheTea.com today to order yours. Else shouldn't be put off. It should be a priority. And check out their specials page for sale items. That's GetTheTea.com. Enter code TEA123 to get 10% off your order exclusively for my listeners. Again, GetTheTea.com. Code TEA123. Order today. This is Francis Rayum, The Money Doctor. Now you can become 100% debt-free, budget successfully, and retire well. All under the Hug Your Money umbrella. Like, I think back on it, and I think we have refinanced our house a lot of times. You know, we bought our house in 1988, and it's always been equity, roll it all in. Kids, college, roll it all in. This is the selling point of it. Right now you're paying $1,000 a month just for your mortgage alone. If you roll it all in together, you're only going to be paying $700. And it's, everything's all paid. And then we say, oh, we're going to pay extra on that. Oh yeah. Mm, we're gonna still pay a thousand even though we only owe seven. We don't. We don't. Debt, budget, retirement. Hug works best when we work together. Schedule your free consultation with a Hug Your Money coach today. Visit hugyourmoney.com. Hug Your Money. So unique, it's patented.
0: Financial literacy and the human condition. Welcome to Financial Fitness with the money doctor, Dr. Francis Raym.
1: Welcome back to Financial Fitness. I'm Jess Tyler along with the money doctor, Dr. Francis Raym. Hello. Well, hello. What a crazy <laughs> scam. Can you just give a little recap of um, what happened in the first half? Yeah, I'm
2: hot under the collar. Uh, somebody who was a friend of mine whose wife was my assistant moved away, lost my phone number, and about a month ago started receiving phone calls from someone who claimed they were Mrs. Brown with a Boston office in Massachusetts and were affiliated with me and wanted him to invest small amounts of money to begin with for a decent return. So it started with $50 and quickly has grown to $4,000 total loss.
1: Well, and especially with his wife being your assistant, he probably thought like, oh, she's trying to help me out. She's giving me a good tip.
2: Well, had he had my phone number, he would have just called me, Mm -hmm. you know, and and again, people would say, well, you're easy to find, look you up on the internet. This is a guy with just a phone. He's not well connected to the internet, you know, but here's the thing I would say. First of all, if anyone else has gotten a phone call from somebody saying that I want them to invest and they're affiliated with my office, not only don't do it unless you call me and find out it's really me because we don't make outbound calls about investments Mm -hmm. Unless you're already a client or you call us, we don't make those cold calls. Right. It's not what Hug Your Money does. But if somebody has done this and has any actual lead so that we could really catch these people, if we can catch them, I'll offer a reward because this is the kind of thing, it's so hard to catch these people. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you what they did and how hard it is to catch them and what to do to protect yourself here. So, as I said, it started out with very small amounts of money. Now, you're right. He didn't even think to call me for fifty bucks, you know, hey, it's Frances, somebody in her office. Hey, you know, I'll try to help her out and they must be putting a new person online here who wants me to do fifty dollars, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And I did say to him, Edward, don't you think didn't you didn't your bells go off? Didn't you say, This doesn't seem like Frances, I don't think she would ask me to do this. Right. And he said, Yeah. I did think that, but they were so clever. Every time I asked a question, they had an answer. Mm-hmm. They said they were in Boston. I said, I'm going to come. They gave me an address. Come ahead. Right. They said, I need to call you back. They gave me a phone number, you know, but it doesn't lead to the person, mm-hmm. right? Here's what they had him do. Well, let me ask you first. What do you think they had him do?
1: I'm thinking about recent scams and <laughs> the recent ones that I can think of is where they had you go out to buy a gift card. I'm assuming maybe there was some kind of a Venmo or a PayPal account they had to send to in and then they would invest for him. You would think that, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. Like it had advanced at least to that point. Yeah. But no, you're absolutely right. When I said to Edward, how did they
2: get this money? Because now I'm thinking, wait, I got a paperwork trail. Right, right, right. Well, so find this person, right? And I hesitate about talking about stuff like this on the air because in one way, it's almost a road map right? Mm-hmm. But it's not new. This has been going on a long time. Well, and also the people reason,
1: listening will know to be more wary of phone calls like that. Well, that's the point.
2: The reason we're talking about it is because if you thought this was passe, think again, a good friend of mine just lost four grand. Yeah. So what they did is they said, go to this. I said, Edward, let me guess. They made you go to the store and get a card and they stayed on the phone with you. Yeah, he says. So it was a
1: gift card that they had him get.
2: Absolutely. Oh. And he had on the phone, they chatted him up, telling him all kinds of nice rosy things and asking him questions about himself. And, keeping him entertained and mm-hmm. calm, right? They were very soothing, very calm, very trustworthy sounding. Yeah. All he went to the store and got the gift card and gave them the activation code, the PIN number, whatever he had to give them from the gift card so that they could use it. Mm-hmm. And then they still didn't let on, oh. you know, very much for doing this. We'll be in touch with your earnings, blah, blah, blah. We'll call you again. Well, they certainly did. And again, and again, and again. So
1: did he keep going and buying more gift cards in the, in the larger amounts or was, or did they switch up the, way that they got the money no
2: more gift cards like every time it was supposed to the same thing buy this gift card buy that gift card so i think and forgive me for bringing this to the air because it's so fresh and i'm sure i will have you know more information on it as the days unfold but i think where it finally went awry was you know he must have said well i want some of my money back where's my earnings i need it i need to take some money out of my account
1: right and then they just did they ghost him or did they give him an
2: excuse? I don't know the answer to that yet, but I'm assuming that something awful happened that caused him to say, you know, like, like you said, maybe they just ghosted and they stopped yeah. answering whatever. But at some point he realized I'm being scammed.
1: So what and do you I- say when you get the phone call and he's asking you for that, you personally for that money back? Well, you know, that
2: is, I have to say it's one of the hardest phone calls I've had to make because I feel terrible for this guy. Right. He has written me asking for a refund because somebody at my office has ripped him off for four grand. Uh. You know, it's not somebody at my office. I didn't recommend anything and we didn't, we don't have their $4,000, right? It's not sitting here in an investment somewhere where we could, you know, Help in some way. Right. He's been scammed. So, all I could say, I called him. I said, Edward, you know, didn't you think this was odd? Yes, it was. What can we do? Well, have you done any of these things? And I'll tell you in a second what they are. No, he hadn't done any of them. I said, this is what plan you're going to put in action. And I said, what I can offer is to help you as much as possible in terms of guidance. Now, this is not the guy's last $4,000. He's not, you know, he's not going to be homeless because of it or anything like that, but it's still not right to rip somebody off for
1: $4,000. No, and you feel bad. Because they used your name, but I mean, it has nothing to do with you.
2: only totally creeps me out that they used my name. Mm-hmm. You know, when we talk about these scams and they seem a little abstract, I'm coming to the air saying, Watch out for this stuff because it's out there. Right. Here I'm saying, Son of a gun, if I can catch this person, I will string them up by their phone. You, <laughs> know? you cannot do this. Exactly. So, so, yeah. So, what makes it so difficult to find, of course, is the gift cards. There is no paperwork trail for this. All you have is that the guy bought a gift card and he gave someone over the phone all the, the numbers. Are numbers that they needed. And then they used that card in some way. Now, maybe, just maybe, if somebody cared enough and could manage to dig into this, you might be able to trace somehow where those cards were used and, you know, kind of piece something together. But Yeah, unless
1: you wrote down the numbers on the back of the gift card, which no one does, then, the Yeah. And then I don't know that they put that on the receipt when you buy a gift card. So who knows where those numbers, where that order went to? Yeah, and where they use them. I mean, they could be shopping online and using them from you know anywhere. Oh, oh I'm sure sell- they're doing it online. Yeah, because if you go to the store and they don't have the actual gift card, and you're just giving them a list of numbers, I think they'd look at you like you were crazy. Well,
2: I, we don't even know that they use the gift cards. They may sell the gift cards oh, and then true, people yeah. over the place. I mean. It's really, you have to think like a criminal.
1: Yeah, I didn't even think about that, that they could be it's selling expensive. the cards like 40 bucks for a $50 card or something. Yeah, yeah. Ah. And the cards are
2: all over the place. Nobody mm-hmm. has them, unless somebody wants to rat out who they've been buying the cards from, right? <laughs> so yes. this is why I say it is possible to catch these people, but it's not easy. And so when I'm talking about it on the air like this, I'm hoping to reach a very broad listenership, especially on the digital radio side, you know, which goes all over the world now, Mm-hmm. To Have somebody say, hey, I got one of those phone calls and this is what I kept from it. And maybe we could all piece together some pieces. But, you know, for all I know, this is the one and only time this person has used my name. And maybe the next time she uses another advisor's name or who knows? You know, they just plucked my name off the internet, I'm guessing. But, you know, so here's what to do if this happens to you. First of all, never, ever, ever, ever go and buy a gift card and give somebody the numbers on their phone. Mm -hmm. Just do it. it. It's like the simplest thing to do is not do that. If it's a real investment, you don't have to buy a gift card
1: to get it. Yeah, those two don't seem like they go hand in hand. No. So I
2: did ask him had he locked down his credit report. No, he hadn't done that yet. So I gave him a phone number, which I'll give out over the air. Now everybody could use this. Whether you've been scammed or not doesn't matter. You can use it just to protect your credit. Okay. Because the concern isn't that they're scamming him. I mean, that's a concern. But the real concern is that they grab his identity, and now they take out loans in his name and all of that, and they trash his credit in the balance. Mm -hmm. So if you call 800-685-1111, that will get you to Equifax little computer, you can punch in some numbers and put a freeze or a fraud alert on your credit report. It's Very quick and easy to do. You can also do it online at their website. Okay. But they automatically will tell TransUnion and Experian. So you only have to make one call or one website thing and they'll lock down your credit across the board. For those three major bureaus,
1: okay. And how long does it stay locked down for until you until you lift it? Or well, freeze is different than the
2: fraud. Fraud alert, I think, stays for a year if I'm correct about that. Still, and the freeze will stay longer until you lift it. But lifting it, you can just unlock it on okay. the website. It's a little padlock, you just unlock it so that you can get you know a loan or whatever you want, and then you lock it again. You know, just so you're controlling who is pulling when they're pulling your credit reports. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, good. So that's the first thing. Second thing I asked him to do was to file a police report. Now, personally, I've had to do this one time, and the police really didn't want to file the report. They gave me a lot of information about how difficult it would be to catch the people and blah, 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 and they just about refused to file a report about it. Mm, That's frustrating. Very frustrating. I don't blame them. You know, you end up chasing your tail and all that, but wait, let me get this straight. That's your job Mm -hmm. is to keep this together. Get a detective on it and see if you can make something of this because it's targeting, especially seniors. This gentleman is in his late seventies, uh widowed, you know, living far from where he was years ago. You know, he's a target, right?
1: Yeah, and even so, if they can't do anything about that particular incident report, maybe other people will file it too and then they can piece it together like you said from multiple different reports. That's
2: right, that's right. I seldom will say on the air, you know. Please uh, call me if you have any information about this or because it's not necessary. But in this case, I would love to know if, if anyone listening to the show has gotten a call from someone saying they're affiliated with my name or our company, uh, because we don't make cold calls at all. Yeah. Not a simple cold call.
1: Well, <laughs> so, yeah, and you don't want your name out there in that in that fashion, yeah. because then people like he was in his initial text are mad at you thinking that you were actually involved in it.
2: Yeah, it was heartbreaking to call him because I didn't know until I got him on the phone if he really was seriously saying, you know, I had ripped him off in some way and I would have to explain that it wasn't me. Mm. But actually, he was so excited when I called him back. He oh, I'm so happy to hear from you and thank you. How's the music? And and at the end of the call, he said, I said, you know, Edward, I don't know that we're going to be able to get this money back for you, but I will do anything I can to help you and to try to resolve this situation and he said he said the sweetest thing he said oh just hearing your voice was enough for me
1: oh i'm so glad because that's it's hard to lose a yeah. friendship over it and also like your professional reputation as well if this yeah. continues on well and and what he really needed i think in the end
2: he knew he was getting scammed mm-hmm. right and he's mad at himself But what he really needed was a friend to call him and say, "Okay, there are some things you can do. Right. You know, the third thing I asked him to do was to call the attorney general's office in his area and make them aware that this has happened Mm -hmm. and give them all the details you can. And I said to him, you know, we're trying to protect other people from getting scammed here as well. It's an absolute shame that he's lost this money. but." if it can help somebody else to not lose money, then some good has come of it. But boy, you know, I mean just that comment tells you what a sweet, nice guy he is. For sure. And you know, and they know it kills me just they know when they get him on the phone He's got a cute little accent, you know, an old world accent. And he's saying, oh, yes, how are you today? You know, oh, yes, I'm a musician and I do this. And, I, you know, and he gives out information.
1: It's just um, awful. It's awful that people get targeted like that, especially older people. And as you said, you know, everyone thinks listening. Oh, I would never fall for that. And it's interesting when they have the right information and they answer the questions in the right way. You know, you want to believe that people are telling the truth.
2: Well, I mean, I'm a perfect example of that. When I was getting, His messages, I smell the scam. Why is somebody writing to me saying they were scammed and they want a refund? Right? Mm -hmm, Mm hmm but eventually they gave me enough information that I took the risk.
1: Well, if you have gotten any kinds of phone calls where they mentioned Dr. Francis Ram's name, giving you advice that you did not solicit, or if you have questions, maybe you've been scammed some other way and you want a little help to figure out what to do next, can I get your phone number?
2: Yes, and if anybody can help me find this person, that would be great. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Um, Our phone number is 413-773-3333. Or you can visit hugyourmoney.com.
3: Have you heard about Get the Tea? It's an online herbal supplement company with high quality standards. You cannot find these in stores. They carry cleansing teas and targeted herbal supplements for all your health needs. Go to GetTheTea.com today to order yours. Health shouldn't be put off. It should be a priority. And check out their specials page for sale items. That's GetTheTea.com. Enter code TEA123 to get 10% off your order exclusively for my listeners. Again, GetTheTea.com. Code TEA123. Order today. This is Francis Rayum, The Money Doctor. Now you can become 100% debt-free, budget successfully, and retire well. All under the Hug Your Money umbrella.
1: I hate to say this, but I've always felt like we'll be okay. I'll take care of it. I'll make sure it happens. It'll be good. It'll be fine. But it wasn't going to be fine. And I knew it. And I still struggle the next eight years.
0: My name is Bill. I'm Jill. What we originally wanted to accomplish was just to get ourselves even steven, you know? And now we have money in the bank, money in, uh, in the annuity, and I'd see retirement in two and a half months. I mean, if this is what three years of just watching your money can do for you, get started now. But I'm just saying, you know, hug your money just turned our life around. <laughs> Debt,
3: budget, retirement. Hug works best when we work together. Schedule your free consultation with a Hug Your Money coach today. Visit HugYourMoney.com. Hug Your Money. So unique, it's patented.
0: Financial literacy and the human condition. Welcome to Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayem.
1: Welcome to Financial Fitness, I'm Jess Tyler along with The Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Ram. Good morning. Good morning, Jess. How are you? I am great. What are we going to talk about today? Oh, what aren't we going to talk about?
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, you recently pointed out that you've heard a lot of things in the news lately about people living paycheck to paycheck. Mm -hmm. such a common phrase. And, you know, what does that really mean? I, I, there were some statistics in the article you sent to me that said something like 65% of the people are reporting living paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yeah. There were a like that. That's a, that's a lot, right?
1: Yeah, so, it definitely is. Yeah.
2: So it was, the actual stat was 65% of people earning between 50,000 and 100,000 were living paycheck to paycheck last month. Mm-hmm. Now, For people who think, oh, you make 100 grand a year, you're doing okay. Let's talk about that. 65% of those people said they're living paycheck to paycheck. Now, also, not to pick on the article you sent me, because it's always nice to get that incoming information, but I get frustrated with the kind of advice that people print with the underlying thought, you know, here I'm going to give you this one little tidbit of how to fix your finances. And then I'm going to tell you, uh, but what you really need to do is come and hire me as a, an investment advisor and I will help solve your problems. Mm-hmm. Now I am a financial planner, right? I mean, I'm not saying that we don't help solve your problems. Of course we do. That's what we, what we're here for. But let's be realistic about this. If you're making a hundred grand and you're living to paycheck to paycheck, if you're living paycheck to paycheck, Someone telling you to go through your credit card statements and cut out your Netflix subscription is helpful, but not really a solution, right? I think we have to look at this in a bigger way, Jeff.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure that people already know that, too. So that gets frustrating. Particularly for someone like me
2: who says, you know, you can't treat people or you shouldn't treat people like they're foolish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fun thing, if they're making a hundred grand a year or 50 grand a year in a job, they're clearly not without skills, mm-hmm. but they may be without financial skills. That might not be their forte. Right. So when I say we need to look at it in a bigger way, It isn't that, I mean, I've given tips like that too, right? You go through your budget, clean out all these things on your credit card that you're getting billed $7 a month, $12 a month for. It does add up Mm -hmm. and it will make some difference. But I think the problem is bigger than this. And one thing, I did a little research on the same topic and I didn't find any articles, now they may be out there, my disclaimer, I didn't read everything on the web, right? Mm -hmm. Right. But what I saw were articles about how to trim your expenses? Mm-hmm. How to not have subscriptions? How to put coupons? How to do the kinds of things that we've talked about also to help rein your budget in? But I didn't see any articles talking about the inequity, if you will, or the unbalance of what people earn in their positions versus the amount of student debt they're carrying. Mm, yeah, for parents, the amount of. Parent loans you're carrying plus helping your kids pay these student loans. So this is what I think is a big imbalance. And in order to highlight this, I'm, I'm going to use some national statistics from May of 2022 because we don't have 2023 out yet for whatever reason from the national occupation employment, occupational employment and wage estimates. Okay. Um, so from the U.S. So only to highlight a point. Now I'll go through the math very lightly here and we can go into detail more, but the idea here is, from my perspective, and believe me, I am not advocating that you don't go to college and instead you pick up a trade. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to say that might be your lifestyle choice, and it might pay off. And when I say we're looking at the big picture, what I mean is, why aren't we discussing this? Why aren't we looking at this in a more sort of level playing field? Instead of saying, if you're going to have a really financially stable life, you must go to college and enter what we used to call an elegant professional session
3: mm-hmm.
2: or saying, well, you know, Johnny isn't very good at school. Maybe we'll send him to a trade school. I think the playing field has to be leveled here a little bit. But one thing, you know, you need to know a lot of stuff to be able to be an electrician or a carpenter or an air traffic controller, right? You, you have to learn a lot of things, but you may enjoy that more than learning trigonometry in school.
1: Right. And I think that you're absolutely right. At least I think that the perception used to be if you went to a trade school, you weren't book smart. And that's definitely not true.
2: It's not true. And it's
1: not valuable. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, we need people to fix things. We
2: try and get an electrician today, Jeff. Right. (laughs) Right. And
1: they make a ton of money, as we know, because we have to pay them.
2: That's right. And their overhead may be less without the student loans. Mm -hmm. Now, we can all argue that student loans will be forgiven and that people with student debt have uh, higher paying Mm incomes. But let me tell you, the national statistics I'm using are to prove that this is not my opinion. Now, let me say at the outset here, I'm not suggesting that a carpenter is going to have a more financially stable life because they earn more money than a social worker. There are a lot of things that go into play here. Right. Right. Earning money is only part of the game. <laughs> Let me repeat that. Earning money is only part of the game because people tend to think, oh, I make a hundred thousand and they make two hundred thousand. They must be better off
1: than me. Right, but you don't know what their payments are for different things. You
2: don't, and you don't know how they manage their money. Do they spend every dollar they get? Are they you know, are they paying a lot in alimony, child support, credit cards? You just don't know. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about income, the reason I'm going to give you a little bit of math to bring this into reality, when we're talking about income, I just want you to remember it's only part of the mix. Personally, I'll just come clean here. I make a lot less money now than I made as a registered investment advisor. But I have no debt. Mm. So my life is completely different financially than it was when I was paying out, I think people have heard this number before, $10,800 a month in debt payments. Wow. And making a huge salary. (laughs) Yeah, and making a huge salary. Mm -hmm. So I'm living proof that if you adjust things, and I'm not even suggesting you have to pay off your debt, although we do a lot of that work. But if you can adjust your lifestyle to fit your income better, you can enjoy a looser lifestyle on a lower income than somebody at a higher income might be enjoying. Mm -hmm. So that's why I say that the income itself, and especially for the young people hearing me that maybe are just getting out of college or just planning to get out of college or just planning to enter a trade Don't just chase something because it pays more. Pay attention to the other side of the coin. How much are you spending? How much are you saving? What's going to happen in the future? And that's how you get this balance. So I said that I'd go over a a bit of math, but what I'm really saying is, well, let's do it. We may review this in the second half because it's math and math is not the easiest thing on the radio, right? I I need a pie chart and a, you know, a whiteboard. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But let's just say, you know, let's suppose somebody's going to college, comes out of school with $100,000 in student loans. It's not unheard of for sure, mm-hmm. but I'm just using it for an easy number. And I'm going to make up an interest rate based on, you know, recent past interest rates of 6.8%. Now <laughs> That's so painful. That's bad. They're higher than that already, but, but let's just use 6.8% for a moment because the math works kind of cleanly. Mm-hmm. Typically, you'll get 10 years to repay those loans. That means your payments are going to be about $350 a month. That's where I said the math starts to work out easily, 350 a month, right? Mm-hmm. That's $4,200 a year. That means you've got to bring that home to make these payments. So you might have to bring home, I don't know, $5,600 a year. To net that forty two hundred, right? Mm-hmm. So right there, you can see that gap starting to happen. Yeah, a person with that kind of student debt may have to earn five or six thousand or seven thousand dollars more a year before taxes just to level the playing field to pay back a hundred grand in student debt over a ten year span.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But there's more.
1: It just seems like so much, like three fifty a month. It just seems like a lot, no matter how much you're making.
2: Well, that used to be a high car payment. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It- Not a high car payment anymore. But in any case, what happens with this, and I've griped about this before, and I'm using that word gripe very seriously. I've griped about this before because you can get out of school to become a social worker Mm -hmm. and have $100,000 of debt, or you can get out of school to become a scientist and have $100,000 worth of debt, but your income might be very different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. But I still maintain you should do what you love. If you do what you love, life is easier all the way around. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's just talk about that for a second. National statistics I talked about. Life, physical, and social science occupations. Now, this is everything lumped together. It's not a specific. But annual mean wage, so the one in the middle, is $83,640. For one person? Eight- yes, for one person. Wow. Sounds good, right? Yeah, it does sound really good. Okay. So if you're making that $83,000 income, that's about $6,970 a month. Let's mm-hmm. call it seven, roughly speaking. To be at a 36% debt-to-income ratio, which is what the banks want if they're going to lend you money, it's what we all, that's the advised debt-to-income ratio ceiling. We all deal with debt-to-income ratios that are higher than that, but basically 36% says, look, about a third of the money, roughly speaking, that you make before taxes can
1: go to pay for your debt. Okay, does that include a mortgage or rent as well? It includes everything. So they think that people are saving 65% of their income? That doesn't make sense to me. No, they're not saving it. They're spending it on insurance, gas, groceries. Okay, so that doesn't count as your debt to income. That counts as like daily life expenses. So they're expenses, right? Okay, got it. Debt
2: is loans that you owe to somebody mm-hmm. that could be paid So it's not your electric bill, but it is your credit card. Right? It's not your gas bill, but it is your car.
1: Okay. It still seems low. Like I still feel like people probably spend seventy percent on car loan, mortgage, and credit cards. Well, that's a bankruptcy level. If you're really spending seventy <laughs> percent at that point, you're you're looking at bankruptcy. Okay. Probably,
2: but just let's just talk about what works for people. So what, what we know works is thirty six percent. Okay. So thirty six percent of that income would be twenty five hundred and nine dollars. Let's call it twenty five hundred dollars. But after your student loans, it's now twenty one fifty. Again, rough math. So just to point this out, we're not losing people in the math here. That means if you don't have student loans, you can afford twenty five hundred dollars a month in debt. If you have those student loans we're talking about, ten years at three hundred and fifty dollars a month, you can only have twenty one fifty a month in debt.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, now. That may not sound like a lot, but that's a car payment difference, or maybe it's some homeowner's insurance, or maybe it's a, you know, fifth cell phone in your family. <laughs> Who knows what it is? Okay. Now, the median payment for a mortgage in the United States—again, this is the middle, right? It may not our area is even higher than this, but I'm just trying to give a level playing field here. Okay. Is $1,100 a month?
1: Oh, that's gonna—I oh. mean, that's way off for Massachusetts, though. Like you can't even exactly. afford like yeah rent for a one bedroom apartment is like fifteen sixteen hundred dollars a month now it's insane exactly my point
2: yeah so so you've actually fast forwarded this but let me just run through the rest of the scenario so we can match apples to apples okay so if you have eleven hundred dollar a month mortgage and you have a five hundred dollar a month car payment mm-hmm. and you happen to have a second car of three fifty and believe me these are pretty common numbers right. That leaves you with about $210 a month left over.
1: And that's for all your credit cards or any other debt that you have. Yes, yeah, and that's if you if you don't have those student, student loans. loans. Yeah. You're in the hole that's, if you
2: had it. Right. That's right. You're in the hole. And and as you pointed out in Massachusetts, the numbers are higher than this. Now, the incomes are too. We're dealing with with median income and median cost here uh, to try to make the point that that's somebody who graduated from school, probably had about $100,000 in student loans, and is making about eighty three five a year, mm-hmm. roughly speaking, okay?
1: And that's now, why so many people are living at home. Y- well, it can be, yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: Now, let's go to the other side. Let's talk
2: about an air transportation worker. And that's listed as air transportation worker. Mm-hmm. So it's not listed as a pilot, right? We'll get to that. An air transportation worker... Median salary, 131.6. Oh, that sounds good. Well, they probably also don't have, maybe they, depending on their job as an air transportation worker, maybe they have to have a college education, maybe they don't.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, just to give you another side of that, transportation and moving uh, and material moving occupation. So that's like truck drivers and people who move materials, right? Mm-hmm. That's 43.9. That's going to hurt more, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's only that, you know, you can go into a trade and life is going to be great or you can go to college and life is going to be great. It's a number of things. Commercial drivers, a commercial driver. Now, remember, we just had uh, social sciences and things like that, $83,640 with a college education. Mm-hmm. Now we have a commercial driver who may or may not have a college education, but who doesn't need one for that job likely. Right. Right. Salary, 85
1: 6 So they're making the same, but they don't if they don't have that student debt, they've got a lot more money to play with for other debt. Let's talk more about this in the second half. There's so many more questions I have for you, and, but first I want to get your phone number. Sure, it's 413-773-3333. And visit HugYourMoney.com. Much more coming up in the second half of Financial Fitness with the money doctor, Dr. Francis Ram, right here on WHMP.
3: Heard about get the tea it's an online herbal supplement company with high quality standards you cannot find these in stores they carry cleansing teas and targeted herbal supplements for all your health needs go to get the tea.com today to order yours health shouldn't be put off it should be a priority and check out their specials page for sale items that's get the tea.com enter code tea123 to get 10 percent off your order exclusively for my listeners again get the code tea123 order today This is Frances Rayum, The Money Doctor. Now you can become 100% debt-free, budget successfully, and retire well, all under the Hug Your Money umbrella.
1: We don't know where we'd be without her and Hug Your Money. The recommendations, the
0: strategies, she is just this rock. We got the news that uh, Carrie had a tumor inside her spinal cord. Our lives changed, um, right on a dime. It's very stressful. It's devastating financial
1: spiral downhill. We're solid but it can put a strain on the best of marriages.
0: Who do you look to to regain that control? I'm Mike.
1: I'm Carrie. We chose to use this to strengthen our marriage and it works and I would recommend this. It has brought us closer together and only strengthened us.
3: Debt. Budget. Retirement. Hug works best when we work together. Visit HugYourMoney.com. Hug Your Money. So unique, it's patented.
0: Financial literacy and the human condition. Welcome to Financial Fitness with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayem.
1: Welcome back to Financial Fitness. I'm Jess Tyler along with the Money Doctor, Dr. Francis Rayem. You still with me after all that math, Jess? I mean, it is a lot of math, but I mean, it makes sense. Like having that student debt hanging over your head affects a lot of stuff.
2: Well, it does. But the reason I'm bringing this topic up is... In support of, maybe it's not the only reason, but in support of any parent or any person whoever decided, you know, maybe I should go into a trade Mm -hmm. while people are telling them, no, you are definitely going to college. And they're saying, and there's a real trend about this lately, about they don't want student loans. And again, I'm not against college. Obviously, I'm all for education. Uh, But I am against the amount of debt people are carrying to get education of any kind. Just because you're a commercial driver doesn't mean you didn't have to spend some money out of school. Right. Right? Yeah. Get your license and get your training. It's not that, it's not, it's just not that simple. But I also really think that there's a place in our society where financial advisors as a whole, um, tend to want what we call high net worth individuals, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody wants the high net worth individuals and they see them as doctors, lawyers, you know, accountants. When really a high net worth individual, and I'm I'm living proof of, proof of it. One of my largest clients never had a college education and works in construction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, multi millionaire. So you know, it isn't about it isn't about uh, what you got in college and what your income is. But once again, do what you love. But I, I guess the point I'm trying to make here, Jess, is if you really love to. I don't know, work on boilers, right? A boiler maker makes almost $70,000 a year, mean income in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And if that's what you like to do, if you like the, you know, the, the reward of getting it done, you like to work on your own, you may want to start your own business, whatever, then look into that. Don't let somebody tell you you must go a certain path, but do your research. This, this information is easily available on the web and you can look up basically any <laughs> you know, and the occupation and see what the mean income is. And then you can go and be very specific about what is it in the area that you want to live in. Mm -hmm. It's really, again, it's really complicated because it is only part of the scenario. Let's suppose that you do uh, want to start your own business and you're going to be, I don't know, pick anything, um, you know, an automotive body and related repair person, okay? Mm -hmm. thats uh, You might start your own business in that. Now, that mean income in the U.S. right now is fifty three two for somebody doing that work. Mm-hmm. But for a business owner, it may be much higher than that.
1: But there's and also that, a lot more
2: expenses that go with it. Exactly my point. Mm-hmm. So now you're worrying about health insurance, overhead, personnel, other kinds of insurance, liabilities, advertising, you know, up months and down months. That might be what you'll love to do. I, for instance, I really love to be self-employed, right? It's... It, it's something that I'm used to doing. I like to do it, you know, but, and I found ways to level it out, and I, I help my self-employed people do the same. But, you know, if you don't like to do that, don't do it. Probably the biggest area that I see people fail in who are really talented, well, there's two areas really. One is restaurant owners, and the other is some sort of construction. They're both terrific at what they do. They make incredibly delicious delights, or they build beautiful structures, or do great landscape work, but they don't know how to run business always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the ones succeed get those skills. They get they hire people who help them to run their business, not just an accountant where they say, okay, my accountant's doing that for me, mm-hmm. when the accountant's really just doing taxes. They get the help they need to run the business part, uh, and they keep a thumb on it so that it's not just here, you manage it. Yeah. And then they're freed up to do what they really love. But, you know, so many times, I mean, I had somebody ask me the other day, a contractor, you know, what's the best way to collect money when people owe it to you? Small money, you know, three, four, $500 jobs, and they owe me and they don't pay me. What's the best way to collect it? Oh, I'm curious about the advice on this. Really? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> because I'll tell you exactly what I told them. Well, let me give you an example of how to collect it for the people that owe you now, and then let's not have it happen again. Mm hmm. Let's prevent that going forward. Why is somebody owing you three, four, or $500 for a small job? Rule of thumb for a good contractor personnel would be you get half up front and half when the job is finished. Mm-hmm. If you don't like that feeling or if you feel like you're not going to get enough business that way, at least get your supplies up front or have them buy the supplies. The worst you will be out is your labor, mm-hmm. right? This is very, I mean, we don't have time to go into all of the details about this, but it was such a simple question to me. How do I how do I get that money out of those people? And I'm thinking, stop loaning it to them. I mean, it was, you know, it was just a shoot from the hip answer, but, and I did tell him one quick way to um, get some legal help, very inexpensively or free uh, to collect what he's owed already from some of these smaller people, Mm -hmm. including being able to put a mechanic's lien on their house if they don't pay, you know, You can take people to court and say, I did work on their house and they didn't pay me. Right. And you can get something called a mechanics lien. And you may not ever see your money, but if they sell their house, you're going to see it if there's enough equity in it. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, I would prefer, especially for somebody in business, just to not put themselves in that position. So, again, you know, but wait, I digress. Again, when I said in the beginning, what won't we talk about? Right, exactly. I I knew this would be a can of worms because... You can't just go on the air. Well, you can. I mean, lots of people do it, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to just go on the air and say, look, it's better to go to college. It's better to go to electrical school. You're going to make more money as a carpenter than you will as a social worker. I keep picking on social workers. It's really sad because they do really good
1: work. And and don't make a lot. Oh, my gosh, they're so underpaid. Right. I mean, same thing with, like, teachers, too. Like, you you know, you go to get a master's degree and you've got so much in debt and then they're, you know, not making the money that they should be making.
2: You know, we wonder why this happens. We, we, it It's mesmerizing to me. Mm-hmm. We wonder why we can't keep teachers or why we can't get good therapists or, you know, any of these things. Start paying these people. For whatever reason, the salaries are not commensurate with the student loans.
1: Well, and my favorite thing too is, is you, you ever go on LinkedIn just for fun or go anywhere like looking for jobs A lot of them will say, like, bachelor's degree required or, you know, master's required. And then you look at the salary and you're like, seriously? Yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, people want what they want. And if you're on the hiring side, you want the best you can get for no money. Right. But I'm here to say, you know, if we don't start paying these people and giving them the benefits they need to raise their families and live a normal lifestyle, they will find other work and we will have a shortage. Oh, for sure. Uh, I mean, I think it's one of the problems. Boy, we really are talking about everything. (laughs) But I think it's one of the problems in politics. You know, it used to be that a political career really paid well. Mm -hmm. And that's how you you went into politics, because you wanted to do some good in your area, and you got paid properly. Right. But there's so much graft in politics now, because who wants to be the president of the United States and make less than they would in their running their business? Oh, for sure, yeah. It's almost a thankless job. And so what happens is we get people there who love the power, they you know, or or they really want to do something great, and they go into it with a, a good heart and then find out they're boxed in, and now they're, you know, now they're busy negotiating every, what they're going to have for breakfast takes an hour and a half, you well, know. Well,
1: and half the country is always mad at you, so you can't win. Well, it's really true. And so that's why
2: I said it's a thankless job. But, you know, if we want good politicians and we want good social workers and we want good teachers, we need to pay them or we need to adjust something so that their lifestyle feels the same as people who make less money. Mm-hmm. And that might be like we have the student loan forgiveness program for teachers, you know, it might be something like that. But I, you know, I, if I had the answer to everything, you know, I wouldn't spend half an hour every <laughs> every show <laughs> uh, venting about this stuff. But it's really just the sort of inconsistencies in our economy and in our net worth and in our view of our personal finance that I think are worth bringing to light and to shine a light on something that people might consider something on a lower social scale for employment, like, uh, I don't know, you work at the sewage treatment plant, right? And people, oh, he works at the sewage treatment plant, well, let me tell you something. If that person working at the sewage treatment plant is managing their money properly and not buried in debt, they can
1: probably buy and sell you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I always think about garbage men. Like you see the garbage men. And it's like, do you know how much they're making? They're making a ton of money. So they're doing OK. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, as usual, we are out of time because we no. could talk for hours <laughs> on all of these topics, you and I. But I want to uh, get your phone number. Thank you. It's 413 773 And one of the things that we both love is when listeners send in questions and then I just spring them on you on the air. So yeah. you can do that by emailing info at com. Use radio in the subject line. And if we use your question on the air, you are going to get a copy of the book. Yeah, or alive. Perfect. And you could also send it to jtyler at whmp.com. We love getting those. And yeah, I love I love that you never have any idea what they're going to say. Uh, that's my favorite point. My favorite part of me. Yeah, Sorry. so much that's fun. Favorite part. Yeah. All right. Well, if people want some one-on-one advice, which is always great to get, they can also go to HugYourMoney.com. Thank you so much. We'll be back again next week with another edition of Financial Fitness on WHMP. Have a great week. Thank you, Jess.
3: Get the Tea. It's an online herbal supplement company with high quality standards. You cannot find these in stores. They carry cleansing teas and targeted herbal supplements for all your health needs. Go to getthetea.com today to order yours. Health shouldn't be put off. It should be a priority. And check out their specials page for sale items. That's getthetea.com. Enter code TEA123 to get 10% off your order exclusively for my listeners. Again, getthetea.com, code TEA123. Order today. This is Francis Rayum, The Money Doctor. Now you can become 100% debt free, budget successfully, and retire well, all under the Hug Your Money umbrella. I think it's giving people tools, putting things together in an accessible, easy to understand way that allows people to think for themselves, to think about what they want to do. It's that old adage about do you give people fish or do you teach them how to fish? Hug your money It's clearly in the you teach them how to fish category. And I think it helps give people confidence that they can tackle these things with an outside perspective to help set them on the right road. She sort of wagged her finger at us a little bit when we (laughs) talked about doing some things. And that was fine. I needed that. We really both needed that. We did And I certainly would recommend Hug Your Money to others out there if you're trying to look out after your own future. Hug works best when we work together. Visit HugYourMoney.com. Hug Your Money. So unique, it's patented.